Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 24 of season four of This Osteopathic Life. I have all the different phrases in my head. Is this thing still on? Don't know how to do this anymore. Checking in. It's been such a long time. And all of that is true. We could also say all of those are thoughts. We could look back at the specific dates. And actually, I had to cross-reference in a different platform to see when it last was that we met for an episode. And it has been almost two months since the solo episode. It has been just about a month since the last conversation. And I have a few of those in the hopper. And I've just been thinking about the course of this last year of this season and of what you know might be contributing to the pauses. And there have been some major changes in my life. And part of that, or that is part of the contribution to the pause. Although as I look back and I'm in real time scanning back, thinking about that first episode of season four, that shared birthday episode in so many different directions and some relative consistency. You know, there were some points in time when the episodes came out at a pretty regular frequency and then some various pauses. And we could look at the challenges, right, around the frequency and the consistency, the predictability. And I know for me, and I've talked about this with you before, there are certain podcasts that are reliable, right? They come out every Monday, every Monday and Wednesday, every Tuesday, every Tuesday and Thursday. And many to which I listen are actually increasing their frequency. And that has happened before for me. Thinking about last year, and actually November of last year, when we moved from the swim challenge and all of that energy from 153 consistent consecutive days of swimming and took that into a daily podcast challenge in November. And now I thought about that. I remember that. I remember that experience. And I looked back and we had done 28 episodes at that point. So not super far off, which is interesting because I thought this year was such an anomaly, but there were many more conversations episodes that happened in season three. And then undertook, right, that daily podcast broadcasting for the month of November and embraced it, you know, and brought through a lot of different concepts and topics. And I thought, well, we're here in November again. Is that where we should go, right? Add this extra 30 podcasts to it. And yesterday would have been the start of that. Yesterday had some different plans for itself, and we could look at where we take charge of our lives and where we kind of let ourselves flow with or be subject to the changing current of the universe. And so it didn't begin yesterday. And what I thought about as I chose to arrive here today is that perhaps 11 right, feels like a good number in the 11th month of the year and a number of podcasts too get a little bit of a jump start, right? To do some recovery comes up as the word, but just some bolstering of what is asking to be shared and spoken through the airwaves here. And so I think that will be 
where we had in November. So 11 solo episodes. And like I say, I have some conversations that are available. So we'll bring those forward and we will see. We will see how things feel at the end of this month, the 11th month of the year. Knowing as well, we are really in the third, excuse me, the fourth quarter of this osteopathic life because we begin in February as the start of our year, our season here together. So thank you to all who have waited patiently or otherwise for this episode to appear. Thank you to those who are listening for perhaps the first or a more recent time. And I'll share with you a bit about what has been going on, where we are, and where we are headed. I'd also like to share with you over the course of these 11 November episodes, some concepts that come through in my coaching sessions. There are always these beautiful moments that happen, and they happen when an individual taps into their own wisdom and they lean into a space of self-trust and are open to a new way of looking at things, recognize that they can feel differently about their situation. And so many times there will be these great lessons, these fabulous pearls that emerge and bringing those through to you. And also it helps me so many times when I'm in a coaching session. Absolutely. I gain as much or more as those who are participating as a coachee in that space because witnessing that experience for another and so many times it gives us insight to handle or address something that is coming up for us. So I'll bring you some of those highlights and teaching points, words of wisdom, pearls of power, like those alliterations from those spaces as well. So I'd like to offer up not as an explanation or an excuse. I was actually at the teen and youth mental health summit here in Traverse City yesterday as part of the Good Works Lab initiative. And there was a great talk by a local psychologist in the importance of noticing when we're in excuses and then looking for reasons and seeing the shift in that experience, right? So we can be in this blame or this shame or even this sense of learned helplessness, right? It's outside of us and there's a reason this happened and I had no control over it. And it can be important to recognize that which we cannot truly control. And a reason can still offer us an explanation, an awareness, but it doesn't have to shift blame or get us off the hook because we can recognize there doesn't have to be a problem or you know, an accusation here. There can simply be an awareness of what has happened. And from there, we can gain clarity and move forward in a different way. So the last time I actually attempted to record an episode was on September 23rd. And this was the day I finalized my divorce. And that may be news to many of you. and may not be news to those of you who listen to me or who follow me on social media. Because on that day, I recorded a video and posted it to Facebook and Instagram on, I believe, the Living Conceivable channel and then my own personal Facebook page. Walking through some of the experience and the moment right, of that formal closure and a painting I had commissioned from a dear friend of mine, Dr. Joanna Cranston of Words of Hope Designs with the phrase from this day forward. And it was about a 10 minute video, just under 10 minutes. And on that day, following the video, I recorded a podcast episode. And my podcast episodes, as you may know, are around 30 minutes, 32 to 33 minutes is most typical. And I recorded that episode. And when I went to you know, push end and you know, save and all that, it went away. Like it was gone. 
And I thought, all right, that has quite literally never happened before. And I don't have the full total, but hundreds of episodes, hundreds of episodes recorded in the same way. Never had that happen. And I thought, okay, right, maybe, maybe there was something in there that I was going to say differently. And I recorded it again. And I kid you not, and you might believe me because it hasn't posted. It was gone again, gone again. That's an Indigo Girls song phrase that comes into my head. And I thought, huh, that's really fascinating. <laughs> How in all of this time, I've never had that happen. And now here, in back-to-back moments, both gone, right? So an hour of talking, an hour of content, gone. And not recoverable. There's nowhere that I see it in any files. And so you might think, take a hint, Amelia. <laughs> but I thought, no, I'm going to persevere, right? I want to share what I want to share on this day. I recorded it a third time and it did stay. But as I finished it, there was something to that effect of the third time through. We could say third time's a charm, but it felt a little bit like a third strike and you're out. And also didn't feel like the right energy. And I've shared with you that the podcasts really do happen on the day, in the moment, speaking what message is coming through. And that one, right, and you might be with me on that, by that third time, it didn't feel as true or real or authentic. And not that there was any confabulation in there, but it did feel more effortful. And there's nothing wrong with effort and hard work. But in many ways, and particularly on This Osteopathic Life, the podcast for the health of all things, being with the ease, that has always been the method of delivery is not strong-arming something. And that's why, perhaps, and we could look at that as an excuse or a reason, we could decide which fits better. The episodes aren't necessarily as super consistent. And Dr. Una, if you're tuning in, my business coach who does talk about batching and the importance of consistency, I am open to that and I'm considering that. And I have actually batched some videos for my professional space for coaching for institutions. And that has actually worked quite well. So I'm not completely ruling out any of these other possibilities in order to say, how do I right, show up consistently for you and with you when schedules or time or energy or snafus of technology might interfere with being able to share this content and these messages with you consistently. So that is not off the table. But in this moment, right, that is not the table on which we are setting our place. And that third one, it is there. The recording is there. But I thought it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And so I chose, right, rather than post what I had in a not feel right space to say, you know, it's not the time. And then I quite literally lost my voice. Now, enough to make it through, but on a bit of a struggle bus path. And so I thought, well, there you go, right? <laughs> Your voice is not here. All right, so words are not meant to be spoken right now. And I made my peace with that. Not in a resigned way, but I said, okay, when this message is ready to come through, when the next message is ready to come through, I trust that it will. And I'm not going to chastise myself. I'm not, again, making an excuse and saying X, Y, Z, this is why it's not there. I know I could have at any point right, in the last month, two months, come here and record it and post an episode that's 100% available to me. And I could certainly do a lot of examination, and I have, around what might be the obstacle in that way. Right, what thoughts am I having? What concerns do I have? And Reading Courage is Calling by Ryan Holiday. It is the first in a four-part book series, you know, bringing the Stoic wisdom. And I really enjoy the way he brings things forward and modernizes right, the Stoic way of being. And I really connect with 
stoicism on a lot of levels, although right, that is growing and expanding as well. In opening chapters, right, we base a lot of what we do in fear and looking at fear from a lot of different directions, you know, and wanting to keep ourselves safe. And you could think about safety in a lot of different ways. And we have fear as well of what other people might think or say. And this is an open platform, right? Anyone can listen to these episodes and anyone can say, think, feel what they'd like to feel about them. And I can choose, right, the response that I have to those. So for any variety of reasons, universe saying, no thanks, <laughs> not now, or my own inner knowing saying it's not the time is where we've arrived. But in any case, September 23rd, I finalized my divorce. And so this is a new beginning. And I think there was that impetus of say something on this day to acknowledge this new beginning and also recognizing it's okay. It can be a new beginning and not need to be spoken so directly. And if you should so choose, you can find that video on the day itself. And that brought forth enough of what was meant to be said in that moment. And so here, I'd like to step into that tuning in and recognizing how we are with those messages. And last night in one of my teaching sessions, we were talking about alignment. And you can go back and I've talked about alignment and that specific concept of the activation process on previous episodes. I could find which ones they were specifically and put them in the show notes for you. I'd be happy to do that. But thinking about alignment and how it shows up in osteopathic medicine and what that means in the goal that we have for aligning parts of the body, what we're aligning to, aligning to midline, aligning to our own values, if we're thinking about our whole self and body, mind, and spirit, aligning to the mission or vision of an organization or of a brand or of a friend with whom we share our time and space. And I went quote heavy on this particular presentation because when investigating quotes around alignment, many of them spoke to me. And it was fascinating to notice the invitation that most of them had to align to something beyond ourselves and to listen to that wisdom in the knowing that is bigger and wider and more perceptive than we can be. And not because we are at fault or we are failing, but we are human and fallible and that's a gift and an opportunity to say, wait, there's something else here informing me. And how do I tune into that? And how can that be a driver of what is happening? And that really is part of how I experience these episodes. It really is how I experience clinical treatment with patients, right? I can bring awareness and clinical skills and palpatory training and knowledge and combine all of that and right, partnered with a greater wisdom and an awareness of the health and a relationship with what that patient is able to bring forth is a vastly different and more effective experience. I think about that in coaching. So coaching is not about someone telling you what to do or what they have done. It's about helping you find the answer from within and, right? If we're really looking at the power of what coaching can be, it is that inner knowing, yes, absolutely. And also, right, if you are able to respect, honor, recognize the inner knowing, and recognize right, that there is a bigger, broader knowing outside of you and let that come into play as well, think about right, the amazing potential that is available to you. And in these recent times, in these past few weeks, past couple months, 
noticing those spaces. And many times it is not the message you might want or hope for. (laughs) Because while the universe can have infinite wisdom, it is not necessarily lined up to meet your agenda. And that can be a rude awakening. It can be an inconvenient truth. It can be a space you very much wish to avoid. And by you, I mean me. (laughs) Hands raised, right? In solidarity with you. Or if this hasn't happened to you, just an honest disclaimer. That it can be challenging sometimes to stay open to that because it may not look exactly how you want or wish or hope it might look. And the opportunity still remains to stay tuned into that. And that really can be a relieving factor and not a resignation factor to say, I trust that there is something more at play at work. It's just interesting, the turn of phrase we have for both of those here. And I trust right, that as I am open to this and open to this from not a space of complete surrender and abandonment of my role, but of a complete embrace and endorsement of the role I have to play and trust of the knowing and the skills and the wisdom that I do have in partnership with this that exists with and beyond and beside me. That is where the real amazing happens. And a couple of things that took place in recent weeks really spoke to me. And they didn't speak to me with grand clarity necessarily, but they definitely opened up great curiosity. And I think that is as much of a gift. Curiosity is so powerful. Clarity, absolutely too. Week two, activation process, right? We teach. Clarity is power. And yes, the more specific we can be in knowing uncertainty are powerful and curiosity has so much potential. And if we can harness it and not get swept up in the overwhelm of so many choices, there is a lot that we can do with curiosity. So I'll share with you a couple experiences that happened for me And open up for you what that might mean, what opportunities might be arising, and how you might like to proceed. So I've shared with you that yoga has been a key part of this season of my life. And really, from a therapeutic space, from a community building space, from a shift of activity, knowing that I am a person who processes feelings and experiences physically, and that has often been through quite intense or really extensive duration of activity and exercise. And so having an alternative when there's a lot to process and knowing right that continuous, intense, and increasingly long exercise are probably going to lead to injury, having a space for that, especially a space that is integrated with mindfulness and offers different ways to tap into the body, mind, and spirit, yoga has been great for me. And I've also, unfortunately... Or again, universal wisdom, maybe fortunately, right? We never know. There's the whole story about, right? Sun breaks his leg. Is that good or bad? We don't know, right? We can bring the sage wisdom into there. So I endured a recurrence of a back injury that happened last summer. And it's so interesting. The first time it happened, I was extremely vigilant about the recovery process because I never encountered anything like this. And I know, right, that is my specialty, neuromusculoskeletal medicine. So I know the potential, right, for self-recovery, but I know the requirements for that as well. And I also know that not everything will go to plan. And so I was extremely vigilant about the recovery process. And then this time around, having had experienced it and come through the recovery process, interestingly enough, I was perhaps a little more lenient 
some in a space of denial, right? Because if movement is your major processor and you're in an intense time of processing, you really don't want to give that up. And by you, I mean me. (laughs) Making assumptions, but speaking from my own experience here. And so I wasn't perhaps as diligent with all of the different modifications. And that did lead to a bit of a longer recovery and, you know, knock on wood or whatever you might adhere to, it is coming back online. Right? So I make it my way. I'm still having to make certain modifications, but I was able to keep moving throughout. However, in the grand irony or the of course of situations, yoga actually was one of the spaces that was the most difficult to continue with because one of the most compromising positions is a forward fold flexion of the lumbar spine. And that, if you've been to yoga classes, is a big part of it and also a fair amount of twisting, right? Two things that are less desirable when recovering a disc injury. And so I found that, yes, I could go and modify, but it was challenging. And there can be this sense of, you know, if I can't do it fully, do I want to do it at all? And there's room in there, a whole lot of self-coaching and personal growth where you can say, honor what you can do. And I could get there in some spaces, but it just didn't feel great. It didn't feel the same. And so there was a bit of a backing off on my part. And then there were also shifts in schedule and also seasonally, right? Yoga is indoors for the most part. There have been a few outdoor classes. And as the weather was really gorgeous, being outside more and simply walking out in nature felt like a better match, you know, of energy to activities. And so I found myself less and less in the yoga space and relatively speaking, right? Still there a couple times a week, but compared to where it had been, felt like much less. And as I began to feel better and tolerate more complete range of motion and movements, I was making my way back and also making my way back into the less intense yoga spaces as well and into the more restorative and appreciating the variety of programming available. And then I came into one particular class and you know, we spent a lot of time, it was a slower moving class and we talked about processing of feelings and how yoga can help with that. And as I noticed a few songs in, right, there's a background track playing. It's playing Amazing Grace over and over and over again. And it would be a vocal version, an instrumental version. It would be a jazzy version. It would be a modernized. And I thought, well, how fascinating. And I was curious. I was curious about what was happening there. And the teacher, and this was the first time I had worked with this teacher, acknowledged, you might notice, right, this song is on repeat and it's purposeful because there are so many different ways to say and speak and emote and communicate the same thing. And they can have very different impact, right? There were some very subtle versions and there's a three tenors version, you know, and there are all these different ways to work with that, which is really powerful for me to hear and had the added benefit, bonus, personal resonance for me as that was my originally proposed name. That was a song that was on the hospital radio when I was born and we needed an A name for an unexpected fourth girl. And so Amazing Grace was proposed. And so it felt like it was speaking to me in this time and speaking to me as well of that idea that you can be communicated, you can be in the world in lots of different ways. And it will have it will evoke a different response from the world around you. And I think about the opening of this osteopathic life and all those different roles. And we've talked about the way that we see and describe ourselves, identity, right? It was one of the fewer episodes we've had this year. 
and just seeing the power and the value of that. And it can be the same core song. It could be a recognizable melody, but it can bring with it, right, this uniqueness and this power of expression when we are allowed to evolve and to embellish, to really enhance that experience by bringing whatever's speaking to us in the moment. And from there, I began to return to some of my familiar classes and I began to explore some of these newer classes. And so it's been probably a return to what we might consider a normal or appropriate acceptable, and that's all an opinion, of course, engagement with yoga. But that has been a powerful journey to walk, to be in that space of not good enough, can't fully participate, and sometimes even, right, judging or loathing one's body for what it can't do. And maybe you have been there for different reasons to saying, I appreciate that you're here at all. And actually, you don't have to do anything. You can just be here and breathe. That is the only requirement truly in these classes. And that can be enough. And then also honoring as movement comes through the recovery processing, it is also okay to celebrate, right? You don't have to think, I can't celebrate this because now I'm only loving myself for what I can do. No, you can acknowledge both. I love myself when it's challenged and I love myself when it is really in its fullest expression. All of that coming through. And then from that universal wisdom space, just this past Sunday, so again, body speaking clearly, right? Messages coming through the musculoskeletal system. I haven't been running as much. And that we could look at as an identity space. And I've had some foot pain. I've had, have had it investigated and nothing you know, untoward, super identifiable has happened. I imagine it's probably a tendonitis if I'm looking at the most likely differential. And it's intermittent pain. And it hasn't changed with not running. Now I am ambulating. And so I'm weight-bearing on this foot and I'm not in a boot. So there could be compromise simply from the act of weight-bearing and moving. But I thought, you know, it's really nice out. And my foot hurts anyway. And I'm not, this is not medical advice. <laughs> it's not what I do with myself, right? What I, how I manage my own symptoms is not necessarily how I would manage my patients. And you could, we could have an offline discussion about that and how doctors might not be the best patients. I thought, if my foot's going to hurt, I'd rather my foot hurt and I run. And there was just a glorious, gorgeous day. And I was at my son's regatta and running around water is always a joy for me. I thought, you know, I'm just going to run. And I just, and I did. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And my foot was no different, you know, not better, not worse. And so I thought, oh, I was able to run. And I thought I would return to perhaps that once a week running and just see how that goes. And last week, or this week, Sunday, however you want to look at it, if we're going on a European or a uh, American model of demarcating the week beginning, I went for a Sunday run day, which has been a long time tradition for me. And as I was running, I got started a bit later than I had planned for some other tasks that were happening on the day, but I had waited. I didn't run in the early morning, which I usually would, but it was really cold. It was going to be so beautiful again. I thought, you know, I'm going to exercise Liberty here and run when it is warmer out and it was gorgeous. And we are really now getting all the leaves down, but the autumn has had these beautiful days here in Northern Michigan. And as I got around the inland lake, there's a five mile loop. And I was traversing that. I was coming to a point where I thought, okay, continue this loop, complete this loop, return home, make the five miles. Or I could increase it a bit, run down by the water. It's so nice out. But I knew logistically, 
completing the five-mile loop and returning home was probably for the best. But my heart was saying, come on, like just this little bit more. My brain was like, "Uh uh-uh, go home. (laughs) And I kid you not, as I literally came to the point, the fork in the road, where I would choose either go right and go to the water, go left and return home, I misstepped on the path. The leaves were over the edge. You couldn't see where the edge of the path was and it was curving. And so I kind of fell off the edge, rolled my ankle and fell to the ground, full on fall to the ground. (laughs) Oof, right. Falls with the grunt was actually my name in a Dances with Dirt race we did many, many years ago. And I just stayed on the ground for a moment. And I thought, huh. And I did a quick assessment. Like I rolled my ankle, but is it okay? Yep, it's okay. I fell on this knee. Is it okay? Yeah, it's bleeding, but it's going to be okay. And for a brief second, I thought, do you want to run the (laughs) longer route? And then immediately thought, well, there probably couldn't be a clearer sign (laughs) from the universe to say enough, right? Let this be enough. Head on home. And so I did tune into that and I got myself up and brushed myself off and assessed the scrapes and they were surface level wounds. And I was able to continue running and I returned home. And I thought, Okay, right? So I knew. I knew timing-wise and recovery-wise, all of that. That returning home was the better idea. But there is this you know, ignorance to intuition, right? This desire for more and to push the envelope. But that's okay. It's okay to have those ideas and thoughts and desires. But if you're in that internal battle, right, and you know right, what the quote-unquote right answer is, the right answer for that moment, let's say, and you're choosing, right, to kind of walk away from it, turn your back to it, look in another direction, you may, right, get some clarity in a most forceful way from the universe. And I can look back at different times in my life and usually in the way of injury, right, that is the way that my body, right, is slowed down in the world around me is by this physical arrest of what is happening. And I thought, okay, So perhaps, right, I can tune in a little sooner, right, to save myself from these moments of having to be so extreme in order for it to work. So that is what's happening for me. And listening into those gifts of universal wisdom is so important and so powerful. And I hope, right, that you have the ability to tune in maybe sooner than later before that message has to get louder and stronger and a heavier hand and untoward consequences face you but sometimes right we need to really see to really see what is happening and to trust that you will appear and arrive in the time that is right for you to know that you can tap into more of what you need and put some structure in place to support yourself at your own choosing and we'll continue to meet here in this month of November so I thank you for being here for your engagement your participation I always welcome any conversation email or social media come and find me this osteopathic life website all of those are available and I will continue from this day forward with the energy and the wisdom and the beauty of the universe in partnership always This is Dr. Amelia with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.